Ladies and gentlemen, this is an auspicious day. What a day! What a fabulous day! It is, in fact, a red-letter day. Today marks the dawning of a new episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Featuring Parker. If at first you don't succeed, keep on sucking till you do succeed. <laughs> and Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Two premier content creators promoting the healthiest brand integrity in the world. Tell them what they've won, Spider. The way I see it, this should be a very dynamite show. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris. With me, as always, is Parker and Alex. We watched Surviving the Game, a movie that stars Gary Busey as John Redcorn. (laughs) I can't argue with that. (laughs) There's a lot of other things to say about the movie, but uh, I really wanted to lead it with that because that has been weighing on my mind ever since the monologue. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, is that the the best movie monologue since it was only a boy when the infidels came to my village in their blackhawk helicopters <laughs> it's on that day i put a jihad on them <laughs> and if you don't believe me you better kill me now because uh, i'll mom... put a jihad on you too your rum tum tugger held me down <laughs> <laughs> That needs a rewatch. Deep in my oh, next week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> Ready or not, and also Team America. <laughs> I could make that work. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Alex, do we have any news? Wait, I have to do the news now? Has I've, he been demoted? Yeah, because you're going to talk All about right. Killer Man. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. before I get into that. I have some news, too. I don't want to talk about <laughs> Spider-Man. Well, speaking of Spider-Man, thanks well, a lot, four. Parker. Because you didn't like that movie. Now none of us get to have nice things. <laughs> I hope sorry. you're happy with yourself. <sighs> all these goddamn women hating these male <laughs> movie critics. You turned them all away. We didn't give you our dollars. We voted with our wallets. Thanks, Libs. <laughs> we voted with our market. wallets by making it earn a billion dollars. <laughs> it's, fuck it, we're talking about it because it's the funniest thing in the world that Sony is so bad at making franchises. Now, and then this makes a billion dollars, and they're like, yeah, we can do this. We didn't just release Men in Black two months ago, it went fine. Remember that Ghostbusters franchise they started? Yeah, <laughs> Parker. What I heard is that Disney was demanding fifty percent of the profits. Is is that accurate, or would that have influenced their decision or something? I mean, I'm sure that didn't help, but also you failed spectacularly at everything you've ever tried, Chris. One day you will see the Amazing Spider-Man two, and you will understand many, many things that at I've been trying point, to tell I'm you. I'm looking forward to it. I like Emma Stone. What could yeah. possibly go wrong with that movie? Oh, fall season's <laughs> around the corner! <laughs> Sony's Boy. motto might as well be at least we're not Universal. <laughs> but even Universal has the fucking Fast and Furious movies that all make a billion. Like, at least they have a successful franchise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sony's tried everything they possibly can and it always just tanks horribly. <laughs> Does Deadpool count? <laughs> Nope. Yeah, I don't think that counts. <laughs> you know, how does it feel being like one of the Sony executives who uh, just got up from the boardroom and just walked away from Disney's handshake <laughs> offer, and then opening up Twitter and seeing everyone roasting you? Don't worry, because they've got <laughs> Spider-Man back, and also they have another Jumanji and another Charlie's Angels coming at you this year, folks. Oh boy, I got <laughs> that gonna, trailer. I am gonna, definitely going to be seeing that, and I'm still not sure why. They're going to strike gold eventually, right? Well, one of these has to make money. <laughs> yeah. 
You guys remember things? She's going to keep bringing them back till there's one that you guys like. Works for Netflix, right? Oh, I'll mention exactly. that. <laughs> I did not sit through Invader Zim. Not me neither. <laughs> I saw that fucking staring at me when I turned on my PlayStation and just turned it right back off. I'm sure if else. I had watched the show when I, I was that age, I would like it. But by the time I was aware of it, I did not like anyone that liked it. <laughs> so I, it is, that, that makes I, sense. I can't look past it. I'm sure, like, I even like the way the art style looks, but I will never sit down and... Yeah, that's the thing, I is just... I think they got, like, the same art style back or something like that, and I, I kind of grew up with the show, and I kind of liked it, but only on and off, because I have to admit, that was, like, where the epic Bacon Random Spork of Doom humor Boy, started, sure did. and it was, mm-hmm. it, I think it may have been worse then than it has ever been since. I don't know, Alex, if you've had a, a more intense time of epic humor, but uh, that fucking, no, it was awful around that time. Why like is my girlfriend loved that show. She watched the movie, and she was very underwhelmed. Uh, well, well, yeah, well, well, in that case... Get her on. <laughs> yeah, she, she was like, yeah, that was terrible. Like, oh, sick, I don't have to watch it. I mean, oh, damn, I was hoping you really love it. <laughs> it's such a relief when you find out something sucks ass. It Unless is. you're Parker, and then you watch it anyway. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> Why learn from your mistakes? Then you buy it on the steel case. Very I excited s- for you to tell me about Hobbs and Shaw Parker. Just quit rubbing it in. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it could be worse. I was at my friend's no, house, and he, he had a bunch of family in it, and he had to see that twice in theaters. So <laughs> That's what we Jesus. say in the business scoreboard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll rent that for $1.50, <laughs> then just walk out of the room halfway through it. I'll take that L. That's fine. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> well, it's not like you're it's paying $3.99 to watch Space Babies. Yeah, who would do that? Well, yeah. well, you're not either. You're watching the babies in Egypt. That's right. We'll get to that in a bit. Uh, okay, so let's talk. Are, do we well, last bit of yeah. news here. What yeah. is Josh Gordon doing on my feed? Chris, does this affect you? Okay, well, let's discuss <laughs> this. So every once in a while, very rarely, once a blue moon, I'm wrong about something. And I put a movie bet on Josh Gordon being reinstated into the league. I thought he wouldn't because of Goodell. And actually, he's biased. And the league is conspiring against the Patriots, etc. Correct. And uh, wouldn't you know it, he's actually reinstated before the third preseason game. Jesus Christ. It's weird and how all the things you're wrong about are Patriots involved. You know, the finally I was a the fan. other time they got Josh really Gordon, Tom Brady not being a cheater. Corey Coleman. 13 strong. <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> so I made a very big mistake, and a bunch of people quote tweeted, and now they get to assign me movies. So, Alex, what did you assign me? Do you want to read it? <laughs> I'll let you do the honors, buddy. Okay. I think I still have the tab there. Oh, I closed it. Um... <laughs> I Luckily, also closed the, it, yeah, hence but, giving you the honors. Oh, great. Because <laughs> we're such good friends. All right, just give me a second here. Oh, But we here are we white, and we're friends. <laughs> anyway, it says, An adorable group of talking baby detectives travel to the deserts of Egypt to track down the naughty baby criminal mastermind, Big Baby, and his partner, the supervillain <laughs> Moriarty. <laughs> hey, I just Chris. wanted you to know about this movie that I am in. <laughs> critical support for the big baby it's, you know it's interesting <laughs> you say that because i'm looking at the cover and all those babies have more hair than you do all right correct yeah. oh wow man you got him hey man which wayne's brother is your favorite just curious okay i <laughs> actually don't spoil that because i have a good leader so, okay yeah anyway. <laughs> uh so uh alex do you want to talk about killer man now or later 
I can talk about Killer Man briefly. Oh, please. This Killer is a Man. real movie that exists that Be I saw a trailer for in a theater. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Apparently, Liam Hemsworth is playing a, a drug dealer and money launderer named Mo Diamond. <laughs> who gets amnesia and then runs around killing people in a movie called Killer Man. Due out in theaters August 30th. A real thing that exists (laughs) that I will be seeing, and you should too, because it's probably going to suck. I'm Mo Diamond. Welcome to heaven. (laughs) (laughs) Mo Diamond. (laughs) Mo Diamond. Oh my god. (laughs) Uh, It's starring many of the people from the Pusher series, apparently. (laughs) The The famed Pusher trilogy. Jesus Christ! I'm so, so happy they. That's how they like, get. How do you uh, even get that it? trailer? Oh, I, I mean, I gotta watch the whole thing. I, I don't know how they chose what trailers to put in front of 47 meters down uncaged, but it was basically Killer Man, Charlie's Angels, and every black movie that's coming out this year. So that's pretty solid. Yeah. Remember yeah. we saw some horror movie a couple of years ago, and like it's all horror trailers, and then the Uncle Drew trailer was like, wait a second. <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> okay, uh, if that's it for news, then uh, wait. Do we want to talk about Matrix Four? Chris, you're passionate about the Matrix, aren't you? I don't really like the Matrix. What? I don't. I don't think I've seen any of those movies since Revolutions came out. Yeah, I don't and... think I ever even saw Revolutions. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Sorry, I just I don't really like the Matrix that much. I get it. It's it's just not really oh, for such me. a pivotal movie for our whole generation, <laughs> and also all of Hollywood parodies for eighteen years. Yeah, that was oh, fantastic. It's funny because you know normally you hear about some like sequel that's coming out way way after the fact, and you're like, oh man, I wonder what hack they gave this sequel to now that the original creators want nothing to do with this IP. And then I saw the Wachowskis are involved again and went, oh fuck, I wish they gave this to fucking college or something. <laughs> just thinking of all this, the weird shit they've put out since then is like, oh, I'm definitely going to see this now. Because, uh, <laughs> I mean, spoilers. I didn't get to it this week, but Jupiter Ascending is definitely on Netflix. So I will oh, report back buddy. so soon. That? Between that and Speed Racer, like, yes, let them do it again, please. I I'm thousand, so look, there. If I'm going to be honest, if I have to recommend the movies to someone who hasn't seen them, I would a thousand percent recommend Jupiter Ascending to someone over the Matrix. Because the Matrix is just like kind of, it's kind of dull really now. But Jupiter Ascending is laugh out loud hysterical for most like, of it. I was at a friend's house when it was on. We were going to leave somewhere. And I asked him if that was Channing Tatum. He said yes. I asked what was wrong with his ears, and he said, "Oh, he's a werewolf." <laughs> and then we left. And that's that the only thing I know about that. Semi true. Yeah, that's not entirely the way. It would... Look, you'll have to figure See, it out he, for yourself. He's like some offshoot of werewolves that just like aren't cool. <laughs> let's, I don't let's understand. I, do, I have more questions. Also, than... he can fly. Yeah. Don't worry Look, about it. He's I will probably there. watch it next week, but also. Yes. We could do an episode whenever you want, because I have a feeling. We genuinely could do an episode. I remember walking out as Sean Bean was talking to Mila Kunis about being a queen, and there were a bunch of bees, and I was like, man, I don't know what the fuck is going on. I told you my story about when I saw this, right? No, what was your story when you saw this? I was on a date. We walked into the theater completely blind. We're like, let's just see what's playing and pick something. I was like, oh, this says Channing Tatum and Mila Kunis. How bad can it be? (laughs) Boy. I they, my favorite excited. part of it is that the people who made it really thought it was going to be like the next Star Wars. 
<laughs> it should have been. <laughs> Can't confirm. I would rather see Jupiter Ascending Part 9 this fucking winter than Star Wars 9. He I'm so it. tired. Oh, y'all. God. We might have to make I'm so later. tired, you guys. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's get into what we watched recently. Um, I'll start off. Alex. Are we skipping jerks of the week, buddy? Oh, do we have a jerk of the week? Oh, fuck. I can't believe you've done this. I always have a jerk of the Let's week. Let's hear the jerk of the week. <laughs> All right. So I don't know if you guys have heard about this, but I'm going to go ahead and read you the uh, the first paragraph of an article. Oh, no. Newt Gingrich and an eclectic band of NASA skeptics are trying to sell President Donald Trump on a reality show style plan to jumpstart the return of humans to the moon at a fraction of the space agency's estimated price tag. The proposal whose other proponents range from an Air Force Lieutenant General to the former publicist for pop stars Michael Jackson and Prince, includes a $2 billion sweepstakes, pitting billionaires Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, and other space pioneers against each other to see who can establish run the first lunar base. Now, none of these people involved are my jerk of the week. Who's the jerk? Well, somebody came out against this plan and said it was stupid and a waste of resources. And that person's name was Buzz Aldrin. And that's why Buzz Aldrin is my jerk of the week for trying to cover up his fake-ass moon landing. What are you going to do, Grandpa? Punch me? Fuck off, faker. I legitimately cannot believe out of all of those names, not one of them was Tom DeLong. <laughs> Same, except Andrew Yang. Uh, Parker, do you have a jerk of the week? So, there's a good and a bad, much like Alex's story. The good news is... There's a big week of spicy nuggies in this house. Unfortunately, the jerk of the week is the Postmates driver who forgot my spicy chicken sandwich. You hate to see it, but also I had like 20 nuggies and did not move for six hours. (laughs) Spicy uh... nuggets are such value. I tried to get that uh, that Popeye spicy chicken sandwich postmated today, and it said sold out on the app. And I don't really understand how, but whatever. <laughs> you just show up, knock on the door, go, nah, this isn't right. Let me in. <laughs> Point at your phone and go, N- incorrect. <laughs> Are you out of chicken? I don't. Yeah. That's impossible. <laughs> how hard can it be? Let me show you. Just throw some tendies on there. It's fine. <laughs> I won't note the difference. If I'm ordering Popeyes through Postmates, I'm clearly impaired. Correct. Something. <laughs> All right. My jerk of the week is anyone who has ever recorded a podcast. I read an article and it was talking about like, oh, look at Conan O'Brien's got a podcast now. And everyone's going towards these like... These higher tier podcasts where they get like a professional record and stuff like that. And soon everyone's going to be in on this. First of all, I invented this game, okay? I've been doing this since like last year. So quit stealing my ideas. I don't appreciate it. Uh, and that actually includes us. We're all Jerks of the Week as well. Uh, Correctly. Yeah. Anyway. It's only been a matter of time. Yeah. <laughs> I've self-actualized. Yeah. Because <laughs> we're also stealing our own ideas. Anyway, so uh, uh, let's get into what we watched recently. <laughs> Alex, I finally finished uh, Band of Brothers. Oh, good. Uh, I, I basically, I gave him as close to binging it as I could. And uh, this will be short because um, I, I was liking it right up around season, not season, around episode six. Loving it around episode seven. And then episode nine came around and uh, I legitimately have no words. Yeah. So. Uh, it, it is perfect. I recommend it to everyone who has eyes. So Correct. I, yeah, I, don't, I should uh, probably get around to that, huh? 
Yeah, yeah, you really should. Yeah, I recommend it to everyone except for Parker. He's got other stuff to watch. So uh, <laughs> I hate <laughs> my life, you guys. List. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's... Like I own that in the Pacific, and I'm just sitting here watching the same dog shit I always watch. Watching Mindhunter. Okay. It's so good. Yeah, sure. What is this? I've yeah, been told I need to watch yeah. Mindhunter. I'm not I'm gonna, gonna. I don't watch TV. Flip the tape. Uh, uh, like what is it? Is it is that like a superhero? It's like, like true detective. Is that guy from the Justice powers. League? Or oh, okay, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm actually fine. I'm not mad. Never been mad online. Won't start now. Uh, not for these fucking people. Actually, I, I also so even though I don't really watch a lot of television, I finally got around to a quote unquote news show. It actually came out in 1997, called <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> You didn't have to do that to I had yourself. To say it. Uh, it's called Neon Genesis Evangelion. Oh my I am, god, I forgot you told me that. Yeah, I am six, seven episodes in right now. So far, the best part is the opening theme song. Um, Correct. Chris, explain to me what's going on. Oh my god, I'm sitting upright. <laughs> I think I can do that. Uh, before I go any further, I will say that so far I like Gunbuster a lot more. Uh, okay, so just don't stop me, right? Just let me go off on this because I think I can do this. <laughs> a bunch of little skinny 14-year-olds uh, get oh, drafted okay. by the military or something. It's some secret military mercenary thing called Nerve. And they have to get inside these mechs that look a little bit more humanoid than most other mechs. You know, it doesn't exactly look like Ultron here. And they get inside them and they beat up these things called angels. But the angels are really just giant monsters from outer space. And during this time, the 14-year-olds uh, the are either brash and annoying, emotionless and annoying, or self-pitying and annoying. And they cry a lot and then they beat up the giant robots. And this is supposed to be one of the more mature animes that checks out, correct. Yeah. Japan is so fucking cool, you guys. Yeah, you know what I'm it is? I'm glad that we have a society have come around and agreed, like, oh, yeah, Japan fucking rules. Okay, so... It would, anime is good. It would be really lazy and reductive for me to just say this sucks like every other Japanese anime ever made, because there's actually a lot of really good stuff about this. The animation is really good, except when it's not. Uh, the There is... A, checks out. Yeah, <laughs> there is a... <laughs> there is a lot of uh, symbolism that doesn't really mean anything, because it doesn't connect to anything. And uh, the voice acting, I went with the original voice acting because I didn't feel like using the Netflix option. The voice acting of the original is, I have to admit, not that great, but you can also tell that people are like putting personality into it, so I guess I, I'm kind of okay with it. And every once in a while, I, I like the little stuff that goes between the big robot fights. You know, because like, some of the big robot fights really aren't that bad. You know, but it's it's really more about the characters and how they interact with each other. In any other anime, it would just be like uh, there wouldn't be any like character building or anything like this. Whereas in this one, you know, there's there's some good stuff, and I I don't, I don't mind it that much. But uh, I I have to admit that sometimes it gets a little bit repetitive for me. And I was told about this show that it was like the most influential thing ever, and it was like it's like the seminal anime and there wouldn't be a whole lot of really great anime without this and i was like i guess i was a little bit skeptical because there's so much of it but basically what i'm saying is you could recreate practically every single one of these uh shows by like the climax is always like the magi has detected an angel type blue activate the ava unit we need the lance of longinus as specified in the dead sea scrolls to defeat it activate the 666 barrier they might reach central dogma where lilith our source of adam is and it's like okay every single episode is one of these things i have to find this do this and there's an angel attacking it's like 
I, I don't know anything about the angels. It's episode like seven or eight that I just completed, and they finally just asked, hey, what is an angel? That's a good question. Chris, I have bad news about anime. <laughs> it's all like this. No, yeah, yeah see, that's the thing about it. Is my This is the highest praise that I can give uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion, which I'm sick of saying. Uh, it's better than 99% of anime. That's Correct. the problem, is the Low final word there. Yeah. Clear. <laughs> yeah, it is not exactly a high word to clear. I it's... nod my head acceptingly <laughs> as I finish the first arc of the arc of Dragon Ball Super. It's... Everything's going great. <laughs> now, I'm doing fine. Don't it's, worry about it. It's me. funny because like I rewatched this. I mean it had been ages since I watched it. Mm-hmm. It was basically like a first watch, like yeah. a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And when it ended, I was like, I seem to remember liking Ghost in the Shell standalone complex more than this. I should rewatch that too. I got, like, six episodes in and got so annoyed with those, like, squeaky voice talking cars that I couldn't watch it anymore. <laughs> like, and that was just, like, anime in a nutshell. It's like, it's like this really dope show that I like. And then every third episode is, oh, there's these robots that speak two octaves higher than any human. And they're also cars. And they drive around. And they do stuff. And they're friends with the characters. And, like, it's Jesus Christ anime. Like, come on. That just resonated in such a real way as you said it. Like, yeah. Every, th- you're fucking, every three episodes, these goddamn things come in squeaking and beeping and booping. See, you're not wrong. See, that's the thing about the show. Is I, I read online beforehand, and, and some of my friends who were fans of it, and some of my friends hated the show, actually. And they told me I should watch it just for misery's sake. I have the best friends. Those are uh, great friends. Yeah, they should be on the podcast. <laughs> Who would really? do that? Ha <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ha. Yeah, it's. They told me it's like, oh, this is a, a, like I said, a more mature anime where there's a lot of character study and psychological introspection, and there's a penguin that just lives in their apartment because everyone needs a, another cute fucking. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh my <God>. Please, <laughs> please buy our toys. Please. Well, that they don't have any problem with that. Apparently, uh, the toys sell like hotcakes. I don't feel like watching the Netflix one, but I will watch all the way to the end. Parker, I already know the last two episodes are supposed to be really bad. Uh, one of the things okay. someone told me about the final two episodes is there's a, there's a part of them where it just sort of like stays on a freeze frame while people talk over it. Guess what? They've already done that a couple times in this anime. Except it was one where no one was talking. Two characters are just standing at each other. I'm like, I'm just looking at a painting right now, except the art sucks. Uh, and then I'm going to watch uh, the end of Evangelion, because I'm, I'm sure that'll make the series a lot better. And, like, what's, yes. the, what's the worst that could you, possibly happen? You, from what I understand, you have to. Yeah, so I, I'll, I'll watch that. And, I mean, I wanted to watch it anyway, because I, I heard, like, that's, like, the real ending or something like that. As were the uh, the three spin-off movies or redo movies, it's called You There's Can Not lot. Advance with a parentheses or something. I, yeah. I, I don't know. We'll see if I like it. But the thing is, like, there's like 26 episodes. I'm only like seven or eight episodes in. Maybe it takes me a little bit of time to get into it. Maybe by the end of it, I'll like, I'll like it so much I recommend it or something. I think legitimately the best part of anime is how many of like, no, it's 26 and we're done. I, Just I watch like 26 it. episodes yeah, of I Cowboy Bebop a once a year lot. and feel better about your life. Yeah, and to make things clear, it's not like I hate it. I like Gunbuster. That's pretty good. Um, and I like Death Note. Cowboy. Okay, Bebop. with all this being said, when do we fly to Japan and watch? Evangelion X Shin Godzilla, the 40 theatrical experience. Ooh, <laughs> me there. I want to see it more than I want to be alive. Might have to do that. Uh, I, I I will say, Parker, you like mechs more than I do. I guess you're more familiar Skip. with Gundam and stuff like that. You know I'm passionate about robots. <laughs> so that's the thing. It's like I kind of... If you're passionate about that, that makes one of you, as between you and Shinji Ikari, the, the main character, who doesn't feel very passionate about this sort of thing. When I found out in, in episode three, this motherfucker still goes to school? 
buddy, <laughs> what, what are you doing? You, you pilot a giant, like, killer robot. You could just destroy the school. You don't have to go to school. Look at you. Well, I, feel, dead, I, feel like, <laughs> I feel like, if nothing else, that character is the greatest representation in all... Uh, in all media of what it's like to be on antidepressants so <laughs> I, I was gonna i was gonna say he is the single best representation of the audience he had to do it to him <laughs> whining bitching moaning and crying what a fucking bitch no, i actually i, I don't i hope you my... dabbed after that one no i i just i just feel like Actually, that's the thing is I read some sort of listicle that said that Shinji Akari is the worst anime character of all time. I'm like, I don't think he's that bad. Actually, I that kinda, sounds like a challenge. I kind of, I kind of like it more than Ray, who's the girl with the blue hair, because she doesn't emote, and thus I can't really get a grasp on her character. And it's like, I don't know, I don't like her that much. Anyway, what I'm saying is, watch Gunbuster, because that has right. a giant robot doing crunches. Oh, I love Gunbuster. <laughs> Gunbuster's so bad. I should watch Gunbuster. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's like, like what, six, six episodes? episodes and you're done, yeah, man. Guys, let's watch Gunbuster again. Yeah, let's watch Gunbuster. Anyway, that's it for Mech America Great Again. Next up. Got him. Uh, <laughs> up top, man. That's all right. I have a note crossed out that says the pog days of summer, so don't worry about it. <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> <laughs> that is Monka S as fuck, bro. Okay. That is not Paul. <laughs> okay. Oh, I was gonna make that my news and I forgot. Oh well. well. <laughs> you should just put it in now. It's yeah, fine. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Let me. Hang on. I have it saved somewhere. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> da, 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 there it is. <clears throat> Professional streamer Tyler Ninja Blevins refers to Epstein accusations as. Monka S as fuck, bro. Not Pog at all. Editor note. Monka S and Pog are twitch.tv emotes, which elicit an emotional response of paranoia and fear. <laughs> the welcome. nerve of you to just send me that. No context. <laughs> no context? Just that paragraph. <laughs> that is extremely Monka S of you. <laughs> Not Pog. <laughs> We just want to make it absolutely clear, under no circumstances was that Pog. <laughs> uh, God, we're so stupid. <laughs> okay. I spent... It's like the fucking Louis... Louis no, not Louis C.K. The Louis Black. If it wasn't for that, my horse, I wouldn't have spent that year in college thing. I just spent days thinking about it, like... <laughs> Why? When did he say this? What prompted this? Who asked him? Who heard him say it and reported it? Okay. Uh, who saw a guy who's been running uh, like a fucking elite cabal child fucking ring for two decades? Be like, that's monk ass as fuck. That is not Pog. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Okay. Well. Don't you hate it when your homie gets caught fucking kids and he's like, oh, I'm going to kill myself and then breaks his own neck killing himself? Well. That's not very Pog, homie. <laughs> say say what you will about pog. Jeffrey Epstein, but always remember him as the guy who killed Jeffrey Epstein. So. <laughs> now I dabbed. Anyway. That is monkey ass. Monk, I'm tired. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> That's the thing with Redneck X that comes up. All right, so I rewatched three oh, movies. Second. <laughs> The first one that I rewatched was Top Gun. 
And oh, good choice, buddy. I'll, I'll tell you something about Top Gun is you can really see how dated it is, and a lot of the lines are really corny, and it's visually unappealing, and Tom Cruise doesn't really give a very good performance. This is one of those movies hey. that you can tell is really in need of an update, maybe a sequel or something that'll appeal to China. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, good to all I've... I instinctively reached for an empty bottle when he said that. <laughs> I got so fucking hyped. How dare you? Sorry. Uh, Come I mean, on this podcast the only reason, that you host. Yeah, the only reason that we haven't done a podcast episode about Top Gun is because there's nothing left to say about Top Gun. Everyone already knows how good it is. Um, I, I like it just Top as Gun as well. is simultaneously a masterpiece and one of the worst movies I've ever seen. <laughs> That's the thing, actually. Yeah. The only thing I guess I could say about it that I haven't said before is uh, Del Kilmer's performance. Now I'm really sure that I prefer him in Tombstone. Uh, Val Kilmer in that movie. Yeah, he's just I don't know what chewing on his lip and clicking his teeth. Yeah, the whole and time. flaring his nostrils every once in a while. <laughs> he whatever he's doing, it is definitely acting. I like that Brian Bosworth took part of his haircut from him. <laughs> Which, by the way, Parker, we're we're doing that right. We're both growing out of Boz. Of course, we are. <laughs> we're getting matching jackets. Yes, I have. I have seen Top Gun probably a dozen times in my life, and every single time I say the exact same thing. Wait, is that fucking Tim Robbins? Yep, that is Tim Robbins. Right. <laughs> uh, actually, uh, I'm trying to think of interesting things to say that no one else has already said. Because, like, what, are you, what else are you going to talk about? I mean, oh, the music's really good. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, I, <laughs> I like the female performances. Uh, Meg Ryan, it's nice seeing her. Um, uh, who's the name of the female lead in that? Was it Kelly Calipari or something like that? I don't remember. I'm really tired. Uh, it's she's, on the tip of my song. Well, whatever she is, she's really good. Uh, I, there is one line that I really like when she says, uh, I'll be right here if you need me, and then she just drives away. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess she's just referring to the interior of her car. Uh, so that's the first movie that I rewatched. Then I rewatched uh, The Blues Brothers. I got to see that in theaters for the beer dinner at the Alamo, where they serve you like four different kinds of beer and a full course meal while you watch the Blues Brothers. What? That's pretty sick. Yeah, those and the tickets were actually not that expensive for a full course meal. It was actually uh, it was pretty good. Uh, the beer was the best part. Um, I, I I had a good time. I I had a pretty good time. Turns out the Blues Brothers is just as good as it always is. The music is fantastic. The jokes are hysterical. The performances are great. This is uh, Dan Aykroyd's uh, best performance, which. Doesn't say much. Uh, you can really I don't see need to say it, Parker. You would be surprised how small Dan Aykroyd's head is in the in this. As opposed, now to I gotta see it to believe it, buddy. As opposed to say, Mitsuko Burris looking ass. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's really good. Uh, I, I like it a lot. But there was something that really bothered me. Is uh, at the Alamo. You know how like for movie parties they usually have a presenter be like, "What's up, Alamo? We're gonna do the end." Like they decided to do it for this one for no reason. And the woman was presenting, and there were a bunch of facts that she said. You know, some of the um, musical performers were not used to lip syncing. You know, stuff like that is like only mildly interesting. But then she said a matter of opinion that is just objectively wrong. She said, "This is the best movie based on an SNL skit, Madam." Wayne's World is better than the Blues Brothers. I guess just, 20, 30 um, years ago that would have been a hot take, but now it's just true. You just throw up an really order card. You going to say Superstar. <laughs> <laughs> Saw that in theaters. <laughs> and Night at the Roxbury. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Man, Wayne's World is so fucking good. I just bought it on Blu-ray because I, I realized I don't own a physical copy and I it's desperately need very one. very good. Wayne's World fucking <laughs> rules. 
<laughs> Listen to next week's episode where Chris and I just quote it from memory. Yeah. <laughs> we just, we no do, we just do every once in a while when we're texting each other. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it happens naturally. <laughs> anyway, the the last movie I rewatched was uh, Mad Max Fury Road that I got to see in theaters at the Alamo for a movie party. Uh, what it's the still shit? perfect. And I, I just love that movie. Part of it is I have a really, really uh, personal connection. I, I, I kind of don't want to get into on or off mic, but there's, there's something about that movie that kind of elevates it above other movies. Maybe I'm biased towards it in some certain way, but it's it's in my top three movies. It may be my favorite movie ever made. I'm not sure. It's one of those movies that kind of reminds me that, that movies are like better than a work of art, is that they mean something, and that there's a reason that we keep doing this podcast, that we're not just playing with gravel on the side of the road, that there's something we're talking about with this, that movies really are magical. Then I watched Sextuplets on Netflix. <laughs> Man, I can't believe he got unsuspended so yeah, early. That's crazy. Give me a big so, playmaker so for you this year, Chris. <laughs> so I didn't realize there were six Wayans brothers, Chris. Can you name them all? Well, actually, there's just Marlon Wayans, Marlon Wayans, Marlon Wayans, Marlon Wayans, Marlon Wayans, and a cameo appearance from Marlon Wayans. So, thank you. A lot of big plays in the red zone coming up this year. <laughs> <laughs> really gonna shine. Your thoughts on the movie? This movie has a CGI bull. It was released this year. Really gonna stretch the field. I'm so happy for you. Yeah, you know you can't play up close. You know Brady don't have the armor he used to, but you know you can't sleep on him. The safeties can't play up. So six of them, huh? Six. <laughs> it's <laughs> fucked up that they changed Brandon Marshall's name for this movie. <laughs> now, correct me if I'm wrong. Six is more than five, right? It is. Yeah. That's, that's how that's many absurd. rings that we that's have. Too, that's I'm trying to make it positive. That's almost too many weigh-ins. So what was your favorite part? <laughs> Which weigh-ins was your favorite? Don't say you couldn't tell them let apart. Me, let me see. No, that's <laughs> yeah, You wouldn't want to say anything racist. Yeah, that'd be a real shame if saying something racist about that was. Uh, that's the thing about uh, sex tuplets is they all play distinct roles. Each of these separate, distinct Marlon Wayans that exist in the same universe. Uh, you got Marlon Wayans, who's also who's basically playing Steph Curry from The Intruder because he works at the business factory. <laughs> Uh, so I'm bring a couple steps, but I got back there. Yeah, it, he, that's basically what he's doing. There's one who plays the fat nerd who talks like this and watches Star Trek. Okay, so yeah. so Parker Marlon Wayans. Present. <laughs> uh, there's a Marlon Wayans who plays an overweight female criminal. They break her out of jail. Oh, he had uh, oh I'm, sure, I'm sure that's very woke in 2019. Yeah, it's... Yeah. And uh, there's a one who plays... Wait. Well, that's three. There's a fourth one. There's a fourth one. The fourth one is the evil villain mastermind. Ah, yes. Moriarty wins. <laughs> yeah. There's another one who just plays a criminal. But we don't want to say anything racist or anything on this podcast. Ah, uh, yes. Big baby wins. <laughs> and then... I'm pretty sure it's not actually accurate to call it sex tuples because I'm pretty sure at one point Marlon Wayans plays his own mother. So... <laughs> Sounds pretty cool. <laughs> the nerve of this movie not to have Eddie Murphy because I'm pretty sure he's done this before on like three Dude, different. That's movies. actually a sick gimmick though. If you call your movie sex topless, but there's only five, and you see if the audience notices. <laughs> you spend the whole movie wondering, hey, yeah. where's yeah. Wayne's number four? <laughs> where's the sixth one? <laughs> you gotta wait for the post credit scene. <laughs> oh, they played one of the songs from Madden, <laughs> and I was. Oh, I watched it at work because I was like, oh, do this while I, like, check international affiliates. And I'm just going through and it. just I was doing my work so much faster because I felt like if I worked faster, the movie would go faster. It does not work that <laughs> way, as it turns out. 
<laughs> oh, Marlon Wayans as Alan, Russell, Don, Jasper, Ethan, Lynette, and of course, Baby Pete. Also known <laughs> as Big Baby. Big Baby Wayans. Oh, he's not actually a baby in the movie. He's a criminal who tries to sleep with real Marlon Wayans wife. Well, that's fun. Yeah, it's really good. It's Oh, yeah, they go to a Lamaze class, which is, you know, a Lamaze class. Oh, man. Yeah. So <laughs> I bet they spill some tea there, sis. Tell me about it. No, he's he's not actually Marlon Wayans. He's actually like the criminal brother, Baby Pete or something like that. And he really he's going there because he wants to see some titties and he wants to drink the milk. And he wants That's to like funny. help him like feel their their breasts. Wait, isn't that little? So wait, man he pretends to be a baby to drink. No, breast he milk? doesn't pretend to be a baby. He's a hundred percent pure Cambodian. <laughs> <laughs> milk. Turns out sex tuplets is a lot worse than I thought it would be. So here's the thing. <laughs> the same director of Fifty Shades of Black, A Haunted House, A Haunted House 2, and Little Man? And White Chicks! Buddy! Little Man! man. Future episode. Yeah. Oh, thousand. I forgot about Little One might call Little Man <laughs> the Black Gary Oldman. <laughs> so just Gary Coleman. Uh... Got him. Oh, man. Look at Yo, that. did you see that, that picture? You, you guys know the, the dwarf comedian Brad Williams or whatever? He has a little bit about being in Canada the snow's really high or something like that. He just got engaged recently. Or, no, is he and his wife are, like, having a baby. And the picture they took of it, they're both on their knees. And I want to send them the movie Tiptoes on DVD. <laughs> Congratulations so. to Cam on your big wedding. <laughs> also, one of our listeners... He said comedian. Yeah, well, I, oh. I, I watched... <laughs> I watched Fury Road with uh, one of our regular listeners. Shout out to Andrew Schoenberg. He's really cool. Uh, he he wrote up a list of movies based on some of the ones... He just doxed him like that. Yeah, whatever. The, he, he Sorry wrote... about this episode, man. Yeah, he wrote... <laughs> when you hear it in 2022. Uh, when, he, when he listens to the episodes every once in a while, he'll make a note like, oh, I want to see that movie or something like that. And he had like a fairly long list. Some of them I didn't recognize, but uh, one of the ones he put on there was Tiptoe. So I was like, you could probably skip that. I refer to Christmas friend Andrew as Big Baby and Moriarty. <laughs> I'm obviously the big baby. Uh, so let me say this about Marlon Wayans before I go. Uh, Which one? Uh, oh, jeez. Oh, uh, uh, we do not condone Christmas. <laughs> uh, let me tell you something about this Wayans so character. I once, I once heard Marlon Wayans on a podcast uh, talk about his movies and how he works really, really hard at them. And False. like he, he, he really cares about what goes into a joke. And this was before I saw Sex Tuplets. And I thought, you know what? Every once in a while, a Marlon Wayans movie isn't so good. Parker, I know you're surprised, but stay with me. Uh, what? <laughs> but it's like, I, he seems like the kind of guy who would actually give a shit about a joke. Like, because Scary Movie, that was based on his script, right? And then Friedberg and Seltzer came in and took all the credit. And then they made, like, Disaster Movie and all the other shit that came off. And no one liked it, because it turns out the Wayans ones were the ones who wrote the good jokes in Scary Movie. Uh, but after seeing Sex Tuplets, Marlon Wayans doesn't care. He doesn't care about anything. I don't know why he made this besides, like, making it specifically to hurt me. So thank you so much, Parker, for finding this and putting it right <laughs> under my nose. Happy I could help you watch your new favorite SNL movie, Wayne's World. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, what did you watch? Oh, I'm glad you asked, buddy. Okay, so the first thing I watched... Parker, what movie. did you watch? <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about survival the game. <laughs> nope. I if I go through this whole week without hearing about forty eight meters down, what am I even why am I even on this podcast? 
tell me about the shark movie. So, we're getting there. First oh, thing I watched geez. this week was a movie called Good Boys that just came out. Oh, um, for good things. Yeah, so the trailers would lead you to believe that this is just super bad with sixth graders. And I'm here to report that if you like Superbad, you absolutely 1 million percent need to see this movie. It hits exactly the same beats that Superbad does. Like, it's funny throughout. You know, a lot of the jokes are just, like, fucking little kids, like, mispronouncing sex terms and, like, you know, poop jokes and shit like that. Like, you know, it's absolutely the kind of humor that Superbad had. And, like, also the same kind of themes that Superbad had, where, like, the last 15 minutes are just, like, really about, like, what friendship means to you at that point in your life yeah. and how things change and shit like that. It's a really effective movie. And I am... It's going to be somewhere in my top of 2019 because I have not had fun with a studio comedy in a long, long time. And I thoroughly enjoyed this one. I've often wondered I, why studio comedies kind of suck these days. Yeah, it's really been a while since there's been a good one. Yeah. But, like, seriously, if you like Superbad, if, if you're, and I assume you are if you're listening to this podcast, if you're, like, the age of person to which Superbad was, like, really effective, this movie will work just as well on you. Because, like, it's not a movie that's, like, set, like, like it's not, like, based on, like, sixth graders today. It's, like, our lives when we were sixth graders this movie managed to make me nostalgic for a time in my life that I absolutely fucking hated and, like, have worked really, really hard to black out. So, I, I can't. I really can't give a more ringing endorsement of a fucking comedy than that. I'm not gonna sit here and just, like, quote jokes at you because nobody likes that guy, but I'm gonna quote a joke at you because it made me laugh really, really hard. Okay. Okay, so, like, the... the Like, you see in the trailers, like, the whole, like... One of the whole impetuses of the movie is they're, like, they have to go to this party where there's going to be girls and kissing so they have to learn how to kiss because they're all fucking losers and don't know how like they're <laughs> they're at the one kid's house and he's like hold on hold on we can uh we can practice on my parents cpr doll i'll go get it out and he gets it out and of course it's a real doll um and the one kid, <laughs> the one like they're egging the one kid on to like kiss the doll so he starts to lean in <laughs> one of the other kids goes hold on Hold on, you can't just kiss a doll like that. Weren't you listening in the assembly? You have to ask for consent first. <laughs> That's pretty good. It's not good. <laughs> and they there's there are <laughs> there are a lot of jokes revolving involving like the things that you'd hear in assemblies and like things that you'd hear in like, you know, the anti drug classes you had to take and stuff, and just like it's about a time in your life where you just believe the shit that adults tell you. And it's it's real, real good. You should definitely see it. Like, you should definitely see it as soon as you can. I have nothing but good things to say. And then I immediately walked over into the next theater to watch 47 Meters Down Uncaged. God, you're, you're my hero. I It was a very powerful day. I was <laughs> real fat and happy. I had, like, 30 <laughs> minutes in between these movies. Just walked over to Cold Stone, wandered around a bit. It oh, was, my God. It was a real good day. That is, was, you were king for a day. Mm -hmm. Like I, I got spicy nuggets on my way in. I oh saw Good goodness. Boys. I got some Cold Stone, and then I saw a Shark movie. Oh my god, that is, like top to bottom, that's a perfect day. So, you'll be happy to know, forty-seven meters down, uncaged, which I will be henceforth referring to as forty-eight meters down, the title it should have. It Thank is you. absolutely a movie that is playing to the cheap seats. Oh, they god, know that yes. you're here to see sharks. They know that you don't care about the science you don't care about any of the plot vehicles you just you want to see sharks do cool shit so it's these four high school girls um 
like the two of them are like stepsisters or half sisters or something it's kind of unclear and like their dad is like this diver guy who uh finds like this cave down in mexico so they're all down there they decide they're gonna they're gonna cut like whatever bonding activity their dad has planned for them to go like diving at this cave so they go in the cave and they're just like all right guys we like we don't have our proper scuba gear we're just gonna do one lap around and then leave naturally they end up getting stuck in the cave and then there are sharks now these sharks have been in the cave for a very long time and they've evolved in the cave so they're just big and white and blind and the whole gimmick of the movie is just like the descent where like they can't see you but you can't like make noise oh or, like, jesus god no so it's just yeah oh, no. a cave with like echolocating sharks oh jesus now, i can't <laughs> i i want to give you the introduction to the sharks because it is incredible oh, so the girls there. are swimming around uh, one of them sees see something move, so she swims off to the side. The other girls are like, God damn it, why are you going over there? All right, fine, I guess we have to follow you because you're not responding to us. So they go over there, and there's this blind cave fish in there. It's like, you know, it's evolved in this cave. It has no eyes, like, it's clear. It's like, you know, this, oh, wow, that's such a weird fish. One of the girls reaches her finger out to, like, touch the fish. But unfortunately, Christopher, fish think fingers are food. <laughs> <laughs> So she gets bit by the fish, stirs up a storm, a rock falls down, and then the shark comes and eats a guy. Oh, God. They're, like, like, it's all in this underground cave. And there's these narrow passages that they have to go through to escape the sharks. But then they get to the other side, and the shark is just there. It makes no fucking sense. Like, whatever, I don't care. Like, I don't know how the shark got here, but fine. You get some dope shark kills... There's a giant underwater tornado for seemingly no reason. Um, the ending of this might be stupider than the ending of the first one. Oh my god, that's all you had to say. That is all it's, you had to say. It is real, real good. If you're into sharks, this is a solid two thumbs up. Like, they don't dick around. Like, you're on, you're in Mexico for like 20 minutes before they get to the fucking cave. So you get to spend like some quality time down there. The sharks are a constant threat. It's not like they're in it for two scenes and then disappear. Also, the sharks look like fucking Uncle Fester. It's kind of funny. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> it's excited. It's all I could think about for a while. And, like, the movie clearly knows why you're there. Because, like, you know, it's nearing the end of the movie. They get out of the cave. They see a boat. They get really excited. They start waving at the boat. Turns out it's the shark tour boat they were supposed to be on. The guy on the boat is wearing earphones and just shoveling chum into the water. So now there are also regular sharks. <laughs> it's fucking a regular awesome. regular shark for it's, me because I am regular. It's, it's so cool. It is so good. I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Like a movie that a thousand percent has no need to exist. Yeah. But I'm happy it does. Yeah, a hundred percent. Just give me one shark movie a year for the rest of my life, and yeah. I'm happy. I don't need more than that. I'm not going to be greedy. Yeah. Man, speaking of, I was reminiscing about Ghost Shark, Nightmare Shark, and Santa Jaws earlier today. <laughs> Ghost Shark's real good. Yeah, as it I'm turns out, watching that again. my friend David recently watched both Ghost Shark and uh, Santa Jaws back-to-back. <gasps> Feels very strongly about Ghost Shark being a good movie, and very strongly about Santa, about Santa Jaws being borderline unwatchable. I mean, yes, but also it's a good movie. <laughs> Ghost Shark is so good. Ghost those Shark fucking, rules. <laughs> those fucking girls getting eaten at the car wash while Loaf gets his car washed. That's <laughs> one of the funniest scenes I've ever the seen. That kid going down the slip and slide and just yeah. not coming out the other side. Is... <laughs> I might watch Ghost Shark again. It's real good. 
So, right. so I have a question for you guys. Yes. Have you guys ever seen a movie before? Mm, yeah, actually. Uh, uh, I prefer film. Great, then you've seen Backdraft. Oh. <laughs> that checks out. It is just... Ron Howard truly is just knockoff Spielberg. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's all of the same beats, but worse. Yeah. Backdraft is one of those movies where within about 90 seconds, you know everything that's about to happen in the movie. That's always good. Yeah, like, Robert De Niro shows up as an arson investigator because, like, despite ostensibly being a movie about firefighters, it's basically just a cop movie, except with arson. Like, uh, <laughs> Donald Sutherland is there as basically Hannibal Lecter, but for fire. <laughs> it's perplexing, but That's certainly a choice. The best description I've ever of heard. anything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a, he's in the fucking hospital because he was a serial arsonist. And, like, they just visit him and he just says cryptic shit about, like, arson and then Isn't answers questions South Park and then joke? they leave. Yeah. The kid that keeps TPing houses. Yeah. <laughs> that movie is, like, an, it's, what, like, two hours and 15 minutes long? That's disgusting. There are some dope explosions, I will not lie. There is some really cool, like, early 90s pyrotechnics. Kurt Russell is acting up a storm opposite Billy Baldwin, who is <laughs> doing the opposite. Doing the best he can. Which is not very like, good. Y- this is just, it's a, it's a summer movie from 1991. Ooh. Which really S- begs the question. Say no more. Why is there a backdraft to? Oh, don't tell me you did it. Buddy. <laughs> oh, you had to do it to him. Oh, I knew boy. you would. <laughs> I don't know who saw this firefighting movie from 1991 and went, you know what? 28 years later, let's make a sequel. But here we are. Everything so old is we new start, again. You know, much we start like with Halloween. the opening scene. What do you know? There's another fire. Our hero, <laughs> the bad guy from Breaking Dawn Part 2... <laughs> He's, uh, he goes in, like, they're investigating, like, the the aftermath of this fire, because he's not a firefighter, he's, like, an arson investigator. They're just focusing on that angle this time. Uh, this girl dies in her sleep because of a fire. He's interviewing the boyfriend. Oh, man, it sucks, I'm so sorry you're lost. Just, I got a couple questions to tidy up my investigation. About 90 seconds into this scene, he defeats the boyfriend with facts and logic to prove that he is actually the arsonist. The boyfriend tries to run away. He tackles him. Try, like starts handcuffing him. The guy yells, "Man, who are you?" Our hero looks into the camera and says, "I'm a firefighter." Opening credits roll. <laughs> <laughs> so immediately we're at like three stars. <laughs> the very next scene is a bunch of trick or treaters getting vaporized by a bomb in a house. <laughs> this sounds incredibly good. <laughs> <laughs> it is. So much, like, so much better and so much stupider than I was expecting it to be. <laughs> now, I know you're asking yourself, who did they manage to get back from the original movie to really tie the DNA together? I have a guess. <laughs> Go ahead, buddy. I'm going to say not Kurt Russell. Correct. Did uh, old Bobby De Niro make an appearance? <laughs> he did not. <laughs> I feel like that narrows it down to a certain famous brother. <laughs> <laughs> that would be correct. But also, 95-year-old Don Sutherland. <laughs> 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 Who is just 
just there. Like when I saw him Wheel come him out up, I was like, no fucking way. <laughs> he's just he's just still playing the Anthony Hopkins of fire in this hospital, just like spouting like cryptic riddles at, at the fucking guy from Breaking Dawn Part Two. <laughs> oh, I didn't plan on watching this. There is but... an extremely convoluted plot involving a shadow organization. What a prototype f- missile. Okay. And <laughs> yeah. It's... It's fucking Norman Osborne? What are you talking about? <laughs> Why is there a shadow organization? With I this? dude. I don't know. Billy Baldwin <laughs> going to 95-year-old Donner's <laughs> to investigate fucking Oscorp just murking children. <laughs> Believe me when I say, I have more questions than answers. Oh, good. Probably setting up that, the ending to that trilogy. <laughs> Backtrap 3. <laughs> the Backtrap Triptych, as it's known. Look, I don't know if Netflix was involved in the making of this movie or not, but this is the most Netflix-ass movie I have seen in a while. <laughs> like, it's... So much better and so much worse than I expected it to be. <laughs> I'm so happy I watched it, though. <laughs> what an undertaking. <laughs> you had a big week. <laughs> what did you watch, Parker? Well, as I mentioned last week, I don't think we were recording when I said it, but last week I watched the first half of The Relic, which means this week I watched the second half, which is just 50 minutes of Detective Tom Sizemore and a bunch of cops trapped in a museum getting haunted by a giant latin american lizard god <laughs> so that part of the movie is five and a half stars correct it's just a giant shitty 90 cgi monster eating people and you know what sometimes that's all you need in this world it is not good but also strong recommend to everyone listening it's incredibly good the fucking two police dogs being named castor and pollux is a real mark in its favor i appreciated it some things, you know, are just meant for you, even if you yeah. don't see them right away. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, my girlfriend rented Detective Pikachu, and I can confirm the Mr. Mime scene is still one of the best things I've seen this year. <laughs> it's so fucking good. Uh, my best friend out here has a 4K TV that's 70 inches, so obviously I watch Endgame at his house. Still fucks. Still too many women. But, you know... <laughs> The Democrats up in Hollywood won't release the real cut on Blu-ray anymore. Oh, dude, I might. Maybe I should assign you the uh, re-edited version where they cut out all the women. The defeminized cut. <laughs> I thought you were supposed to punish me. <laughs> no, I'm, I can also enlighten you. I can turn you on to the red pill. Well, unfortunately for you, Chris, the Cowboys don't have any cap room to sign any receivers, so. You hate to see it. Oh, it'd be a real shame. Turns out they're going to have to trade for Demarius Thomas. Parker has oh, to geez. watch a movie for every week that Zeke Elliott doesn't play this year. Wait, a, I didn't agree to wait a second. It only takes two, bud. Oh, wait. Wait a goddamn second here. <laughs> Tell you what. Pollard's going to be really good, and I don't regret anything I chose. My teams are good. Season's going to be good. I will not watch any more Michael Myers movies. It's fine. Cat in the Hat, done. Love Guru, done. It's all fine. Bohemian Nothing Rhapsody, to worry man. about. <laughs> Somehow, did you, did, did you mess the with the Zohan? I don't remember. No, I messed with the Zohan. Uh, yeah, me too. To I absolutely did too. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, well, I remember when I mentioned it. You're just like, oh, I remember that. Weird. Who deleted my letterbox? Guess there's no way of knowing. <laughs> Crazy. 
So those are only the movies I watched, but we started several series. So we got like five episodes into The Boys, which I did not expect to like as much as I did. Turns I've out heard that a lot. Yeah. When everyone I talk to tells me, no, it's actually really good, it's most likely going to be really good. And uh, I have to say, it has my favorite portrayal of what I would do in a situation where a couple episodes in, they release this girl with superpowers, and she immediately just starts murdering everyone in the room. People keep coming in with guns, they have no effect. One dude just walks in, sees everyone dead, and just without saying a word, puts the gun under his chin, and was like, yeah, you know what? Same, man. Yeah. It's the most accurate thing I've ever seen. <laughs> like, the ins- whole inciting incident, because it shows about these people going against these shitty, corrupt superheroes that abuse their powers. The inciting incident is this dude's talking to his girlfriend. She's walking in the street. He's holding her hands. And then next thing he knows, she's just red mist because the guy who's their flash standing accidentally ran through her. It's incredibly good. I also started Mindhunter Season 2, which just put it in my veins. A David Fincher series about FBI agents interviewing serial killers is... Just make, like, fucking ten seasons of this. That's fine with me. Uh, and honestly, other than that, uh, what we do in the shadows is on Hulu now. So that's oh, what I was watching this up until the second the Skype call started. <laughs> <laughs> that's really it. It was a lot of TV because the boys, each episode is an hour long. Oh. So oh, yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> it's been a lot of TV this week. Yeah. But you know, this episode won't yeah. be two and a half hours. Okay, so, you know. that's good. Let's give it time. Yeah. We have a lot to uh, say. Let's talk have... about surviving the game. <laughs> now, Alex, nineteen ninety four is considered by many to be one of the greatest years in movies. To survive, we get it. The... Forrest Gump came out. Yeah, yeah. I know Our, your favorite movie. <laughs> <laughs> is... You just wouldn't let him have it, would yeah. you? No, <laughs> he really likes that movie. I know where this is yeah. going. <laughs> Do you? Because I was just going to say, do you think that Surviving the Game... It wasn't even 1994, I don't think. Surviving the Game? (laughs) Or... No. If you can find ten movies better than Surviving the Game, fucking good luck to you. I just mean in history, not even 1994. Well, (laughs) Surviving the Game does in fact star... Was it Ice Cube or Ice T? Oh, we're back to this Wayans debacle again, guys. Everyone be cool. (laughs) He plays so many different roles. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well whoever he is he has dreadlocks so um he, he sure does. really narrows it down <laughs> yeah it's also that rucker okay, hour uh if chris uh, accidentally calls him coolio i get to sign him a movie <laughs> <laughs> that's not bad uh I, I think our real draw for this with the one that you guys kept mentioning was uh gary Busey. Um, boy, because if you go to the who is just a house of fire, just go to the IMDb for surviving the game. The first thing you see at the very top is like a freeze frame of the trailer, and it's Gary Busey's face, and he looks like he's impersonating Dennis Hopper in Texas Chainsaw too. <laughs> doing a lot with a little. When I opened up this podcast by saying that he's basically playing John Redcorn, I don't think that's entirely inaccurate. I think that's somewhat. Uh, <laughs> I think that's somewhat uh, true for this movie. Uh, basically, the idea is that uh, is Ice T is coming along, and uh, he he's is he homeless? Is that uh, is that what we're saying at the beginning? Yeah, yes. he's homeless. Yes, at the he is. that is yeah, correct. I mean, why would he be? Because uh, he lost his family. He lost his uh, wife and child, <laughs> and uh, he's he's depressed and he tries to kill himself, and uh, he is saved. 
Uh, you can't just gloss past how he tries to kill himself. <laughs> how about you tell me, Parker? How does his his favorite dog dies? His his best friend and old man dies with his dog getting hit by a taxi. Just gets absolutely murked as the credits are still rolling. His best friend, this old dude, dies. He's like, "All right, fuck this," and just walks in front of a bus. <laughs> it's very extra, one might say. I I don't know. I I, I kind of feel like I'm. I can see why he feels that way, especially because when he reveals I mean, like how he lost his uh, his his uh, family. That's the thing about Ice T in this movie is that I, I kind of really like his performance. I, I think he's a he's a believable character, and I'm not saying that he's like you know one of the great performances of all time. I'm not saying he's Oscar worthy, but I am. I kind of I, I kind of bought into it, you know, and that's that's really all I need from a performance. It's like he's a he's a believable character and there's a believable performance. Yeah, so that's that, a nice that thing. scene. That scene where they're, like, interrogating him in the cabin mm-hmm. before, you know, the movie starts, yeah. and he's just, like, being extremely flippant and, uh, and, uh, resp- and freaking out, uh, uh, Do- John C. Uh, McGinley. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, we'll, we'll get, get to, to that. It. We'll get to that. Yeah, we're, we're, we're we'll get there. Oh that, that's, like, God. that's good acting in this Yeah, scene. yeah, exactly. That's the only point I was trying you to You know make. what? He's also good in the action scenes. He is good at running, which is very different from Tom Cruise, who is a better actor but a worse runner. <laughs> That's not like a black people run faster thing. Anyway. <laughs> well, now that you said it. <laughs> I can't believe I now you just have laughing. to cut the whole goddamn thing. Yeah. Mm, no. Why was your last episode only four and a half minutes? It's so no, weird. Parker said something that sort of tightened everything else. Anyway. Yeah, that checks out. Uh, this actually, there's actually a lot of really good actors in this besides Ice-T. Uh, Rucker Hauer, who we liked very much in Valerian in the City of a Thousand Planets. Uh, you know, <laughs> you keep saying that. And it just, it fuels me, Chris. <laughs> Gary Busey, as we've already mentioned. Um, F. Murray Abraham, who, <laughs> what's he doing here? I Parker. <laughs> Parker, do you think the space baby is from one of the thousand planets? There's <laughs> only one way to find oh, out, I guess. Let's drop my drink. Uh, <laughs> Kickoff's coming around the corner, folks. A thousand goddamn, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> It's got uh, Charles S. Dutton, who uh, I'll be getting to in a minute, and John C. McGinley from Stand Against Evil. So, uh, a lot of really, really great actors in this movie. A lot of aggression. It, there's a lot of male aggression. Wait, are, is there any women in this movie? I'm, I'm going through the castles right now. There, there's that one lady at the end. Oh, that asks right. For money. Very good. Yeah. And that's yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Boy. What a national. Oh, that, that old Man. lady swore must have been Betty White. So. Must have been 1994, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Man. <laughs> Man, just bringing up the male aggression in this movie really makes me think that David Caruso should have been in this. Oh, yeah. You are 100% correct. So, anyway, uh, he is saved from almost being bust by uh, Charles S. Dutton. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he had a wife and child. Yeah. Bust, they broke his heart. <laughs> Again, a joke for three people. Uh, I haven't thought about that in a decade. Jesus Christ, where did that come from? Uh, I shouldn't have used bus as a verb. <laughs> anyway, uh, they nearly bust his tables, and he's saved by Charles S. Dutton, who says that... Uh, You're getting greedy now. Yeah. <laughs> well, you see, if it were up to Joe Biden, that bus wouldn't have even been there. <laughs> <sighs> He is saved by Charles S. Dutton. <laughs> <laughs> Charles 
who says <laughs> rut dut dut yeah. <laughs> how many times did you write Charles S. Dutt it's cause spoilers <laughs> it's a lot Charles S. Dutt's a good actor and he's good in this movie but he says something that Parker and I didn't really pick up on Alex you have a, a fan theory about this oh yeah like so after Ice-T almost gets hit by the bus uh, Charles S. Dutton is like working at some charity place that's like trying to help the homeless or something and like chases him down after Ice-T tells him to fuck off and he's like he's like man I used to be like you I'm trying to help people like you like here take this business card like I might have a job for you which led me to believe that like he had at some point in the past survived the game TM but <laughs> there's basically no other evidence of this this movie which could mean that I'm wrong, and it also could mean this movie is edited like shit. Because <laughs> that is absolutely verifiably true. Yes. Yeah, that's, I don't <laughs> think that's open to question here. Uh, well, a quick comment on the title. Surviving the Game is it's kind of, I, I will admit, an interesting interpolation on The Most Dangerous Game, which is one of the most famous stories of mankind. And at this time, it's a bunch of people hunting one person, which hardly seems fair. I hate that this title is spoilers. <laughs> yeah, that, that sucks. Uh, believe it or not, do you guys remember the pest? Turns out the pest plot just cap- just uh, copied this one. <laughs> Parker, have you not seen? Yeah, this? we both saw the pest, right? Yeah, we both saw it. <laughs> saw it, right, Alex? Yeah, yeah, definitely, I totally. I, I definitely know Look what we're talking the, about. The, the Lock Arm one? one? No, that's a John Leguizamo one. Oh. Uh, was that the Steve Martin one? <laughs> no, that's the jerk. Uh, yeah. Okay. That was close. You were. You were. You were close. Parker is going to watch that opening rap song. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I've seen love it. The jerk, wouldn't he? <laughs> oh man. My jerk of the week. All right. Anyway, uh, much like uh, politicians these days, the only thing that will save. Unfortunately, Loaf can't watch the jerk. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So much like. Uh, all right. Back to Ice T avoiding the bank. Much bus like. Much like uh, Republicans. They know that the right way to save a homeless, depressed, suicidal man is to give him a job. That will make him happy. So he is offered a job as, I guess they call it like a nature hunt guide or something like that. He's like, yeah. I know all about nature and shit. I've never had said boss open the door and have me Rudger Hauer with a parrot on his shoulder. Because I'm very <laughs> confident I would have turned around and walked yeah, away. That, that makes one of yeah. us. If, if, I mean, <laughs> at that point you kind of have to do it for the story, right? You could have been honest with me about what the job was, and I would have still been like, 500 bucks a week? Oh, fuck yeah, I'll take yeah, that. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> so, he's not the only one in that cabin of mystery. He's also surrounded by... Again, the one who stands out the most to me is F. Murray Abraham. Why is he in this? Oh, but, like, this movie isn't, like, <laughs> shot particularly well. Like, nothing stands out. But the shot of him just hanging out in the cabin and looking out the window, as you see Gary Busey emerge, you can feel the dread of, like, oh, something... Terrible. So, <laughs> yeah. Terribly great. I actually love Gary Busey in this. You see that energy just coming off a helicopter and you're secluded in the mountains. You have to believe like 80% like, well, I'm probably dying here. <laughs> I don't know how, but that man is going to try and eat me. <laughs> Gary Busey. Uh, should we start with Gary Busey's uh, monologue or do we want to get to John C. McGinley freaking out? <laughs> Oh Let's go with John C. McGinley freaking out. I think that happens. I, I only have one thing to say before we get to either go of those it. things about yeah. this scene. That's that one of these guys casually mentions that they spent 50 grand to come on this trip. And I'm just curious where exactly that 50 grand is going if they're paying Ice-T $200 up front and $500 a week. Uh, is that like I, the prize money? 
no, they don't get. Come on, they can't be prize money. At least they're all like rich douchebags. They don't. Yeah, I but it's, I bet it's still, like, the fun of it. You got to put some money yeah, on the game. For, like, Make it the equipment and like ammunition and guns and stuff like that or something. Just feels like a lot. That's yeah. all. It does feel that like, is they, a they lot. They could have run this operation a lot cheaper. Yeah. Did you Stalin's see those ATVs? Which we will get to. We'll <laughs> we get will to absolutely them. get to the ATVs, which were apparently Rucker Howard's idea. Anyway, uh, Johnson became. God, he's so out. cool. Rest in power. I, I, now we feel very strongly about John C. McGinley. I love him as an actor. That dude's really funny, and he's also really talented. But <laughs> Ice T says uh, he killed his wife and uh, child. Was he said daughter or son? I don't remember. It's child. Uh, and John C. McGinley freaked out so loud I had to take off my headphones because <laughs> he was very very upset about saying such a thing. <laughs> John is, like, aggressively asking him questions in a way that's, like, a little extra already. And he just quickly snaps to, Oh, I'm gonna get you! Oh, I'm gonna get you so bad, I can't wait! And they have to physically carry him <laughs> out of there. Because this is preceded by the night before. They're all having a big old dinner, eating a big old hog, and they're having a great time. And John C. McGinley is sitting next to him and just staring daggers into his soul. <laughs> Which I thought was a for great performance. no reason. <laughs> like, there's no reason for him to... He's just looking at him like, oh, I, shoot this motherfucker I, between the I, I kind of think there's two reasons. One, you can tell that John C. McGinley was very close to his family because I think he lost a daughter. Uh, two, he said someone who was just like Ice-T, which I guess means black. Um, but uh, <laughs> I think that was yeah. the substance. Yes. <laughs> but uh, it's either that or maybe they had uh, dreadlocks. Maybe it was some white guy dreadlocks. <laughs> but uh, either way. Pull your goddamn pants <laughs> off! I'm, I'm fine. I'll walk it off. <laughs> quit celebrating so but much. I think that's why John you know, you paid to play a game. He's so passionate. That's why he's the one who said, I'm going to get you first. I want you bad. I'm like, Ugh. get you first. <laughs> Disrespectful to our military. They go overseas and die. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> so that's why I, I actually really like the performance where he just stared at daggers up. That also that dinner scene was really good because the subtext is not exactly subtle or anything like that. What they're doing to be like, oh, you're gonna want to run fast tomorrow, you know. And uh, but then it gets to Gary Busey's okay, monologue, no, no, which before the I before believe, the monologue. L- l- let's come on. That was all improv, right? Th- there's no way that it was in had the script to be. because. The, I, I I want to imagine what the camera operator was doing because there's at least a seven second silent pause before he screams something in the middle of it. <laughs> <laughs> Is that something? You're gonna fight that dog to the death. <laughs> that's what I wrote down. <laughs> I just I I have to say it's really really lucky for Gary Busey that his dad was not a pit bull owner. <laughs> No, no, not you, not you. Anyway, uh, Gary Busey, apparently, it was character, sure, uh, killed a dog with cherry bombs and his own pythons. Uh, not the, yeah. anyway. He's fucking just in the middle you of the movie. You mean the spiders? Yeah, the spiders. <laughs> Trust everything and be like, hey, so uh, we're going to have a big day tomorrow. Are. You know, when I was a kid, uh, my dad told me to throw cherry bombs at my dog. <laughs> Right there. And then I did this until I was person. 13. He's like, all right, uh, one of you's going to die today. Get in there. <laughs> that was when I turned my head away from Crash Team Race and be like, I don't care about this time trial record. Let's uh, let's see what's going to happen here. They do not show him killing the dog. Better, they show Gary Busey's face as he's describing the story. Yeah. Which... I felt it. I felt that dog's pain. That camera operator was not going to pan away from Gary Busey's face, even if he was paid to do it. Because that whole story is preceded by them eating dinner. And Gary Busey just sliding the severed pig head on a tray towards him. 
<laughs> Look him in the eye while you eat him. He'll what? take part of his soul. <laughs> that way you'll be devouring his soul. And then he turns he'll it. His powers. And Gary Busey turns it back and starts oinking yeah, at him. Yeah, he makes a it's, oinking noise so when he good. turns the pig head. So good. <laughs> it was just be like, no, no, no. Look in this piggy's eyes. <laughs> it's so good. Cool. Now, I, I gotta wonder: Has there ever been a better movie than this one? And as, as of the point where I'm watching it right now, I'm not sure that there has. No, absolutely not. Now. The only thing that this movie was missing was a bear. <laughs> oh, That's the thing is like, oh, we forgot to mention, they go over to that island with a feral hog. <laughs> <laughs> I really thought this movie was just going to be like a boar prequel. It's like, oh, Parker tricked me. This is a meme movie. Boar prequel. <laughs> oh, buddy, if you think I wouldn't be up front with you and also wouldn't have told you to watch it three years ago. <laughs> that is not the same boar. It's got balls. <laughs> Anyway, the next morning comes around and Ice T is awoken by a gun. He is forced out of the cabin and uh, gets a running head start. And that's where the editing is really noticeable in this. Aggressive. Yeah, aggressive is one way to put it. That's a very charitable description, I'd say. Um, (laughs) The editing fucking blows. Uh, It's not good. And we have to talk about, let's see. Uh, oh, it's William McNamara. <laughs> William McNamara Just, plays this. Are you talking about the soy yeah, boy? He's, he plays the yeah. soy son. He's the he's the fail son. He he plays. He is the big baby. He is <laughs> he is both Uday and Kuse in this movie, and uh, he's not partial to the idea of hunting down and killing another human Ooh, being. Tay rocks. But uh, his father, F. Murray Abraham. I'm still stuck on. I that. don't. Uh, understand <laughs> is is absolutely serious like no 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 you need to do this and I, I guess it's because he needs to have like a killer instinct so when he goes to work for the marketing department at brooks brothers he'll have something to do i i think it's kind of like a little bit much maybe you can get the killer instinct by watching wall street or something man you don't have to go and actually hunt down a human <laughs> being certainly not iced tea hunt down john leguizamo that guy was awful except in spawn well in we know chris doesn't have the killer no instinct. i what is that supposed to mean <laughs> Just because I suck at that Nothing. game. So, anyway. <laughs> Folks, we have fun yeah. here. No, we don't. I have to watch Babies Correct. in Egypt. Anyway. <laughs> Look, that next scene where the son's like, I don't want to kill anyone is so good. Because John C. McKinnon looks at him and like, hey, what you eat? He goes, I'm not hungry. And he looks at him with the angriest face. He goes, beg your pardon? <laughs> like, he's so fucking pissed at this beta male not only doesn't want to kill this homeless guy, but also does not want pancakes. Yeah, well, that's the thing is, I'm pretty sure it's either his dad or Rucker Hauer says, why not? It's delicious. <laughs> Rucker Hauer is very subdued, but also every time he's on screen, he's doing something so... He feeds Charles S. Dutton like three different times in this movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's very good. Speaking of Rucker he's Hauer, doing a lot. let's talk about transportation. They ride these four by fours throughout the forest. <laughs> So cool. <laughs> and apparently it was his idea because he had one. He was just like, this would be really cool to drive in a movie. And the producer was just like, okay. <laughs> yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> While you're carrying around He's your not machine guns and shit and, and hiking all over the place looking for this guy with dreadlocks that's apparently able to hide. Uh, he sticks cigarettes into a tree and that fools them. <laughs> I mean, this is also the scene where they think they see him and then Gary Busey starts doing a donkey call. <laughs> <laughs> Got about that. 
very tight cast, you can tell. Uh, it's so fucking good. So I, how does sorry. how does the whole world not know about this movie? <laughs> this cast is so good. Is Alex? Is this one of the great black movies? I think you see more of those trailers uh, in Baltimore than we do. So. <laughs> what are you saying about Baltimore? Nothing. Buddy? Anyway. <laughs> You're the one who's talking about, yeah, and a bunch of black trailers. <laughs> what else do you call them? I, just, I, I would hopefully find another word for that. I don't describe The Intruder as a black movie. I have another it, word. It is. But, uh, <laughs> you won't like it. <laughs> Come on, Steph Curry's not that black. Anyway, uh, at one point, Ice-T <laughs> finds a cabin full of heads. <laughs> I was pretty sick. I was just looking across that room for Richard Nixon. <laughs> <sighs> Folks, Futurama. Like the, com- <laughs> the commitment to be like, oh yeah, like we obviously know he's not the first one. It's just to be like, someone should build a shed full of severed heads. Like, time, money, resources went into that. And I appreciate that, because most movies would be too highbrow to do something that fucking stupid. I, I will say, they Correct. definitely won up Jason Voorhees. All he has is his mother's head. Look at that. They got a collection going. Baby boy Voorhees and his mother. <laughs> Pamela Moriarty. <laughs> Uh, anyway, that's when he realizes, oh, they've been hunting people for a long time. Does that get called back? No. Uh, anyway, he's able to subdue John C. McGinley, who's very aggressive about this, and reveals his past <laughs> and be like, oh, my daughter. Are we just going to skip the part yeah. where he kills Gary Busey in a fire? He oh, throws yeah, Gary Busey point. into an exploding I, house. Okay, so I, I wanted to make this <laughs> point about this, because that does happen, yes. Uh, that's my thing about the order in which the bad guys are killed off. You can't do it like that. Come on, Gary Busey, you have to save him for last. He's my favorite. I'm not saying there's a definitive order they should go in, but I'm saying this is not it. <laughs> Gary Busey dying first is incorrect. Sorry. I go just, back to the editing room. I just assumed he was going to come back. Right? Like I'm like, oh, there's no way they killed Gary Busey first. There's no way. Yeah, that's like one of my I biggest problems with the movie, Busey. if not my biggest problem, is I have a feeling that like... Parker, you may have like uh, implied this that Gary Busey scared the producers so much that they're just like, yeah, we just kill him off right now. He'll leave the set. <laughs> I would not rule it yeah. out. After like a week of him just making weird animal noises, and they're like, you know what? <laughs> Throw him in that fucking house. Yeah, let's rewrite it. Ed Murray Abraham, you got a few more scenes. <laughs> you get to scream when your son dies. We'll get to that. Anyway. Oh my god, will we <laughs> yes, ever? Yeah, anyway, he subdues John C. McGinley, and John C. McGinley is eventually set free, and he's just like, oh, where's Ice-T? And he's just like, do I look like fucking Harry Houdini here? <laughs> Which, I, I don't know, I kind of thought it was a good line. Anyway, he's decided that murder parties aren't as much fun as they seem, and uh, he's going to go home. He's, he, oh don't worry, god. I won't he's tell anyone. He's so aggressive. He's so aggravated. Like, no, I'm doing it. I'm going home. I'm not doing this anymore. No, no I'm done, boys. I ain't coming no. back. Nope. He only has one speed. Yeah. That's fine. Alex, do you and want you to talk what? about how Please John Stubagidley is dispatched? <laughs> I believe the line was what are you going to do shoot me in the back he says yes John C. McGinley turns around and he's like just kidding and the other guy shoots him in the face Puts one right at this point dome. we're sitting at a solid six stars like, this movie is an all timer there's like a really loud just kidding a, you gonna shoot me yeah huh just <laughs> kidding shot bang that, I think there's a high-pitched laugh that happens, too. 
And at, uh, Roger Hauer is making a series of noises. Now, at this point, uh, I think it's at this point that the son, William McNamara, uh, yells out, <laughs> Dad! Uh, over and over and over again. You're just like, oh my god. Am I supposed to sympathize with this guy? Because for a brief moment, he didn't want to kill Ice-T. <laughs> 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 He's the emotional heart of this movie. The fail son solar boy who doesn't want to murder the homeless man. <laughs> Keep saying it like that, too. But before. Fucking Bobby Hill. <laughs> but before he's dispatched, we have some shenanigans featuring the ATVs. Oh, Parker, Correct. tell me about the ATVs. Well, you see. The world's shittiest hunters in existence are duped for the 18th time. And as they're walking off on the river going, Huh, stuff is not right about this. Ice-T sneaks up. Jerry rigs one of the ATVs. Gets their attention. Runs off. Charles has done gets in it. Turns it on and it explodes and blows his legs off. So I'll I'll take the, uh, the I'll take the audience here. Charles S. Dutton is not dispatched this way. Oh no, he's oh no, he's he not. Is, uh, just only his lower he, legs. Yeah, are he dispatched is he is left way. like like, like cross me. He's, he's left like Lieutenant Dan. He is cotton. He's Cotton Hill. Like <laughs> he just put, he's he can make it. You put the shoes on the knees. He's tiptoeing it up. We're doing we, we, okay. Yeah, we. <laughs> Rudger Howard's like, no, I'm going to have nah. to put you out. Charles Dutton nods being like, no, I won't be in that Gary Oldman movie. And he just puts his thumbs inside of his neck cords. It's one of the most upsetting thumbs. things I've ever seen. <laughs> the worst part about it is like, it there's like... clearly a wound there, and that is not helping things at all. Just use a bullet. These people hunt humans for a living, and he gives them the worst death I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Now, that leaves just Rucker Hauer, F. Murray Abraham, and William McNamara, who previously said, I don't want anything to do with this. He hasn't fired a shot. I don't want to kill Ice-T. Then he says... He doesn't even yeah. have a gun. And then he yeah. says, oh, well, I'll stick with you on this one. I'll even hunt out Ice-T for you. But I won't forget this. Oh, you sure showed me. Got him. <laughs> Guess I learned my lesson. This, I feel like... One of my favorite scenes in this movie, full of incredible scenes, is Ice-T point-blank shooting this tree with a shotgun to make a bridge. <laughs> that's a very Johnny Bravo move. Because you're like, that's fucking stupid. Little do you know what all's going to unfold around. Because before the sun crosses, uh, attempts to cross this giant tree, he puts his hand up and goes, Fuck you, Dad! And then he starts climbing across. But oh but no! He slips. He slips and he falls. He slips because there's just a woodland creature <laughs> throwing rocks at him. A little critter, a little fucking Ewok, belts him with rocks, and he falls into the. Now let's talk about the special effects when he falls. It legitimately looks like Rear Window when Jimmy Stewart falls at the end. <laughs> yes. That's what it is. <laughs> he falls for like a foot. They abruptly cut away to every average going, No! <laughs> at the sky. And then it cuts to Rutger Hauer, and then it cuts to a new scene. I've, I rewound it three times. 
Except that that scream went on for like 14 seconds longer. It's legitimately like the Mad Max uh, Fury Road scream that Furiosa does when she finds out that her home is gone. Except you can hear it. <laughs> <laughs> he tries to go super sick. While Riker Howard just like licks his lips like, yeah, fucked up, huh? Yeah. All right, uh, we're at an hour ten. We got to keep moving on to so the next. So Salieri keeps on trucking. <laughs> Alex, can you tell me how he gets rid of Salieri? <laughs> oh shit, that was good. Oh, there you go. Um, <laughs> he's like, he's popping off. He's like, we got to go kill that fucking guy right now. He killed my boy. We got to go get him. Rucker Howard's like, no, no, no. Let's just wait here until night. <laughs> he wants revenge. He'll come back for his honor. <laughs> sure enough, it's nighttime. Here comes Ice T. Rucker Howard this whole time is just sitting camouflaged in the fucking bush. <laughs> And all of these opportunities to just kill him and leave. He's like, nah, nah, I'm going to let these guys fight it out. (laughs) (laughs) And then... (laughs) Go ahead, Parker. I know you want to. (laughs) The way he ever so casually... Ice-T is getting his ass beat. (laughs) Just grabs him. It just breaks his fucking neck in pitch black. You can't see a thing. Again, I had to rewind it because I got to the next thing. I was like, wait, where'd every Abraham go? And I go back and see just break his neck. And then another close-up of Rutger Hauer watching from behind a couple of leaves. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck. This would be so cool. It's real good. (laughs) <laughs> like the, that entire night sequence they did not bother to light anything <laughs> it Correct. is just giant blobs moving in the dark with close ups on Rutger Hauer's face and then one of them is just dead and you're like oh that was fucked up and then it just cuts to the next day where Rutger Hauer shoots a plane <laughs> now I I, we need to talk about that scene. <laughs> we sure do. Please discuss. <laughs> so, <laughs> Rucker Howard, despite being on the whole time, that's like the deal is we have to kill him. We can't let him get away. Decides now that he is the last one left, I'm gonna leave now. <laughs> so he goes back to the runway where they flew their plane in, turns the plane on. Ice T finds the plane, runs up to it, realizes it's empty. Rucker Howard blows up the plane, then flies away in a not-before-mentioned second plane. <laughs> now, he escapes back to Seattle, uh, which is... <laughs> How are there two planes? <laughs> it makes no fucking sense. Uh, you weren't planning on my other plane. <laughs> and he just flies off. <laughs> And before you can go, what the fuck? It just says like three days later. You're like, all right, I, I guess, guess they just so. Had there the entire time, they never mentioned like uh, like he said. So they're back in Seattle, and which which one of the other of them can even fly a plane? Did he fly one plane in, I... then walk back to civilization and fly the second plane in? <laughs> like, I just I have so many questions. Maybe Jet Li helped. It was an alternate first of Jet Li. Uh, yeah. So they're back in Seattle, and I have to admit, I'm kind of feeling for Rucker Howard now. He's in a really tough situation. Not only do you have a rogue iced tea shaking, shaking, 
chasing oh. you. But it's also like all those people who signed up for all that money. I bet all they like the the businesses they work for are calling up to be like, hey, uh, he said he was going on a murder party hunt. Uh, he hasn't come back yet. You <laughs> think he's kind of what's going on here so uh he has to escape those legal ramifications and he's going around and once you know he happens upon betty white who asks for some change <laughs> and uh he tells her no she calls him an asshole and uh then oh no it's Ice T, <laughs> who's back much like just searching after him but he doesn't kill him he doesn't kill him, no. He he decides he'll spare him because he's not like him. He's only killed the other five people. So <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> to be to be fair, sick bluff from uh from Rucker oh, yeah. here. Like, all right, man, you won, just kill and, me. And he's like, Oh shit, he wants me to kill him. I should not kill him. <laughs> it's him. I mean Rucker Hauer, who's dressed like a priest question mark? <laughs> yeah. He's dressed like is... the priest from spawn, yeah. <laughs> anyway. It all comes back. I mean, Ice T looked like he was living where Spawn was it's, training, yeah, so very it's much, all yeah. comes full circle. Yeah, anyway, uh, he kills him by. I get to do this one. He kills him by putting cigarettes inside the barrels of his gun because he learned from his other homeless friend, Stinky Pete, that if you block up the barrel <laughs> of a gun, it'll explode in your hand. It won't necessarily kill you, but it will. The gun will absolutely malfunction and basically explode in your hand, and that somehow kills Rucker Howard. So he killed him with cigarettes. I guess there was a reason to A, have Stinky Pete in the movie at the beginning, and B, to put those smoking cigarettes inside a tree. Now, one thing we have not touched on is how much of the soundtrack is just the most studio session butt rock, just <laughs> shitty electric guitars. This movie ends. He plugs the barrel. Rugger Hauer maybe explodes? Question mark? Ice-T says in voiceover, always check the barrel. He's here, and then credits roll as he walks off, and the movie's just over immediately. Dude, have you ever seen, have you ever seen anything more badass than that? No, never in my life. So, like, the end result of this is Ice-T just goes back to being homeless? <laughs> I have to assume that he's got his revenge and he is now going back to He got a grand total of $200 from these rich guys. You couldn't have the scene where, like, Ice-T, like, finds a bunch of their money after he kills one of them and is like, all right, I'm going to take this money home and I'm not going to be homeless anymore. Like, no. he, <laughs> he just starts walking down the alley and the credits are like, yeah, no more questions, that's it. It's over. <laughs> I, I, He survived the game. I, I... I... <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's really good I, I have to think that you know maybe they were setting it up for surviving the game too where Ice-T becomes the bad guy I mean you can make that now there's, there's when I'm yeah, he's there. still alive someone get Netflix let's be real life. Ice-T's got a really sick Twitter account we, sh- we could pitch the idea to him and he'd be like oh hell yeah or worst case scenario it's oh hell nah you know <laughs> at, at final level is the best account. Yeah. <laughs> this is the game. This is my chat room, and I'm the moderator. <laughs> I would watch four and a half hours of Ice Tea hunting people, <laughs> like in real life, imagine? or oh, wait, also wait, wait, wait. just four hours it's, of him. This playing is the Call ultimate idea: is that instead of a bunch of rich people hunting down the homeless, subtle political commentary, it could be a bunch of homeless people hunting down one rich person. Or, or, Who or is, even, I know where even, you're going. Better, <laughs> even better than that, it could be a bunch of effete Hollywood liberals hunting down some salt of the earth, good folk uh, we work here every at, day uh, for a living, at real deal, no, sex and, uh, and certainly aren't, aren't deplorable in the slightest. This episode is brought to you by MeUndies. What Cheeto and Chief had to say about this. <laughs> uh, 
Or what if he had a bunch of people hunting iced tea? Who was hunting Sasquatch? <laughs> Delete all of this. <laughs> That's actually uh, my favorite part about this movie. Did you guys stay for the post-credit sequence? Is is the twist at the end of this idea, Parker, that Sasquatch actually paid the people to hunt iced tea? <laughs> of course. <laughs> I see doing a Squatch call and then just getting jumped by eight people. <laughs> okay, I have the real Squatch ending. After the credits, it's revealed that one of the heads inside the cabin belonged to Sasquatch, and he winks at the camera. Oh my God. <laughs> like the Fred versus yeah. Jason. Fuck you. The post-credit scene where Gary Busey like finally crawls out of like the destroyed cabin. It's like, oh man. I guess I gotta go get that guy. And then he just gets mauled by a squash <laughs> in the credits roll. <laughs> he just gets pulled in half by one. <laughs> and that's the tea, sis. I love that every movie ends with squatch, you guys.